0: This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts.
1: Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague.
0: Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji and I'm from Nigeria.
1: Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris.
0: Hi, I'm Brian and I'm from New York.
2: Welcome to Carbon Sessions a podcast with carbon conversations for every day, with everyone, from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our carbon sessions, because it's not too late. Hey, I'm Jen.
1: And hello, I'm Leaky.
0: And today we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, Leaky, food.
1: Well, it's my favorite as well.
0: So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking about a book I recently read by an author named Barbara Kingsolver and it was called Animal Vegetable Miracle. It was, it, it, it. she has co-authors who are her husband and her daughter as well. And um, it was written a few years ago, I think in the, the like 2018 or something. And it's a book about how her family spent a year only eating things that they could grow or produce themselves or that they could get from friends and neighbors very close by. So kind of the hundred mile um, diet, only, only even less than that. And all the things they learned about Eating in season and saving food and preparing food, and um, it really got me thinking about this subject again.
1: Which can I ask you a question? Why did they decide to do that in the first place?
0: I think, if I recall, it was uh, it was a bit of a challenge, but it was also a pushback against uh, industrial agriculture and health reasons uh, for some of some of the things that they were doing they were not vegan and they were not vegetarian they were not ascribed to any particular diet other than they wanted to eat local fresh food whole food that had words you know that weren't wasn't packaged that didn't have words they couldn't pronounce (laughs) (laughs) and they had the ability and they fully recognized they had the ability to do this because they had jobs that would allow them time um and also she's a journalist and a writer Mm. and Mm. they also had uh, land that i think was from her family Mm. um and so they had a little bit of a of a a plot of land although it was difficult to grow things because it was in the Uh, Appalachian Mountains, which is quite rocky. So they had to learn what parts of the yard worked for growing certain foods. Mm -hmm. And they would trade things with
1: neighbors. When they don't have the when they they want, yeah, when they didn't grow their stuff
0: Yeah. And she tells a story of her young daughter uh, deciding she wanted to be a chicken farmer. (laughs) And being so excited about getting the baby chicks and then the whole Internal wrestling about whether she should name them or not because she knew they were going to be food at some point. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was very interesting learning um, learning about all of that. Um, it's it's a delightful read, and it really it has recipes in it, and it really made me think of all of the the savings carbon wise and the savings uh, to the planet if you could grow food close to home or or eat food that's close to home. But I know that's a challenge for some
1: people. That's a challenge, especially for people who live in big cities like me. Yep. And uh, actually, I don't know if I told you, but at the beginning of this year, I had a conversation, a carbon conversation with Brian. And he, I don't know if he challenged me, or um, that's, just, well, actually, that was part of my New Year's resolution, is to grow food Knowing that I live at the center of Paris, I don't have a big balcony and, um, and I never grow food. And I told him that I had this collection of, um, on my Instagram feed of people who were growing food in cities, but I really wanted to start. And he challenged me to start. And so I planted some seeds of tomatoes and, um, and now I'm harvesting. I have what? five tomatoes. leaky! you did it. (laughs) I did it. I actually was so happy, so proud that I took pictures of each of the tomatoes that I've eaten. I mean, we ate two. So there are three more. One small tiny one that is coming and we don't know if we'll have it, but it's the end of the tomato season because fall is coming. But it is, yes, I can feel the excitement of (laughs) growing the own food. And it's it's so wonderful to see it grow and know exactly where it comes from where you what you put in it uh you know i was well just it's it's kind of silly but because i just have one plant of tomato but i was reading like you know what are the the good um nutrients that you can have in it so i was learning and uh, i think it's probably why i have those because i was learning but it's just so satisfying and it feels it makes me feel connected to doesn't it? Life. Uh, yeah. To life. And, um, and, uh, it brings peace. I don't know how to explain that. So <laughs> yes, I, I, I mean, it's, it's great, but it's not easy. No. It's not easy for me. No, no yeah.
0: it's not easy. The taste is so much better when you grow it yourself too. It's kind of like all the love and attention and care you put into it comes out in the flavor, you know? Um, yes. Tomatoes yes. that you grow yourself are so much, so much better than the the sort of pale orangey ones you
1: get in the winter. No, sometimes they're red, very bright red, but no taste. Right,
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and it is hard at first, but once you get a taste of it and you learn, um, it's it can get easier and easier, and you can do it in a relatively small
1: space. Uh yes Mm -hmm. yes and uh and in fact in paris urban farming it's becoming well i shouldn't say it's becoming a thing but it has i've recently read that there's the biggest farm urban farm in france probably is in paris wow and um and it's it's on the, I don't know if you uh, you know, I mean, you've been to Paris, but um, there's an exhibition hall in the south of Paris, which is one of the largest exhibition halls. And uh, they have converted their rooftop oh, wow. the, to, uh, into a farm, And uh, that's very exciting because you can buy the food, you can buy you know, produce from there. But there are debates, a lot of debates about whether we should get this because it's grown here in Paris. Knowing that there's a lot of pollution, right? Some people are very excited about it, and some of us like, yeah, no, thank you. It's not, it's not for me because it's some um, the air is too polluted. So I prefer to get food from other places. Probably, you know, I mean, it's it's like okay, it might be bad, but I don't know. So <laughs> you have to <laughs> research that a little
0: bit. <laughs> yeah. One of yeah. the things that um, that I enjoyed last winter is I ended up getting I found it on sale. I got a little hydroponic kit um, that has a grow light and it's the size of a toaster. It's very small. and I put it on my counter and you you fill it you keep the water filled and then um, you have these little spongy pods that you put a seed in or that you can get them with seeds but that's expensive and kind of wasteful so i've been reusing the plastic you can get the it's like a cork that goes in and you can purchase more cork um and you can put your own seeds in which is far less expensive and you put a little fertilizer in when it tells you to and we had fresh lettuce all winter in the house in the kitchen um
1: but the hydroponic thing is it with fish in the tank just no no water oh you don't need fish so no fish. fish okay
0: it's a little um maybe that's not the right term but it's it's there's no earth there's no dirt so yeah. it's just water and you drop these little pods these little things into the water and then you put fertilizer in it every so many days and this light um is like it, it you can put it on a timer And you set the Mm. timer for whatever you're growing. So I grew herbs Mm -hmm. um, so that we had some fresh basil and we had some fresh thyme and we had some, you know, different things. And then uh, when that was all finished, I grew uh, lettuce and lettuce was really, lettuce is so easy to grow. And it was so tasty to just grab some lettuce from the counter in the kitchen and have it you know, on your, with your food, they say you can grow tomatoes. I haven't tried and I'm trying to figure out they must have to be really small, like short Mm -hmm. tomatoes, because tomatoes often can be very tall. And this thing doesn't get that tall. But um, it is possible to do that in your house in a very small amount of space if you have the right
1: equipment, which is also interesting. I think I'll try that. If it uh, you can grow lettuce, that's that's a good idea because it's um it's getting very expensive these days. And it's it's not only that; it's also because um because it's um uh, difficult to get it in the summer because it's too hot and uh, it's it goes bad very quickly. So, yeah, mm. mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So that's one way. And then balconies are are good. I had the flower um pots and instead of putting all flowers in the flower pots i also planted peppers and tomatoes in the flower pots
1: mhm and uh and it, they grew mhm yeah um yeah. yeah i spend an incredible amount of time buying food like food that i had to clean to cut to peel to cut and to prepare to to bake to make my food but i feel so 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 Good and I think that's healthier because at least we're eating things that we understand, even though I'm not sure where it's coming from, but at least those things that I can see and um and touch and and spend time making it. yeah, I do a
0: lot of cooking too, partly because we have a lot of food allergies and challenges in our family but um but I also I really know where it what's in it and where it's come from and Um, but it also does take time and you're right. A lot of people don't have the time or they don't prioritize the time. And the other thing it can be is expensive depending on what it is you're doing. mm -hmm. Um, you know, where we are, things like lentils are not expensive. Mm -hmm. Beans, uh, you know, uh, beans, uh, potatoes, um, those yams, those things are not expensive. Um, But it depends on where you are in the world and what kinds of food you like. Um, And then, again, how much time you have to be able to prepare it. So I fully understand that sometimes the faster, cheaper thing to do is to buy fast food or food that you can put in a microwave or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But in the end, in the end, it's more costly I think, because it's costing your
1: health. And it's costing the planet because it's packaged. Yeah. Yes.
0: It's packaged and it has to come from somewhere farther away then. And, you know, we have bananas in our smoothie every day and we have avocados for our lunch. And those things come from far away and I always feel guilty when I get them.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, at least this is not package but sometimes you can get it packaged in wraps yeah wrapping yeah. yeah yeah
0: i think my my challenge next would be to think about ways to do it to eat more locally if
1: i can um, how do you do it because i guess that's the, you you cannot grow everything in your in yard so you can you buy local food.
0: You can. You can make sure when you go to a grocery store that you read the labels and see where things come from. Now, we live in a place where we have orchards about four hours from here that are have apples and pears and peaches. But our grocery store, for some reason, is still carrying fruit from outside of the country. Oh. And I won't buy that because it's had to be trucked or driven or shipped or whatever from a distance and that's like no so I often won't buy things like that that we consume a lot of if it's not local you know peppers peppers we have greenhouses all around here that have peppers Mm -hmm. and so I'm not sure why I would need to buy a pepper from Mexico yeah when
1: you know we have peppers two blocks away so yes and it's very funny because <laughs> me living in Paris at the center of Paris, I have a very large choice of produce that are locally grown, and uh, because there are some small farms around the city, mm-hmm. and the farmers bring the the food to the market, so I can I can just go to the market, and there are different market, various markets I can choose from to buy my locally grown food. That are not four hours drive away, like maybe one or two hours drive, and this is this kind of luxury, and it's. Luxury and a little bit of paradox because it's a very dense city, but still, I probably have a wider choice of local food than you living in, like I guess, a more more rural area than mine.
0: Well, except I'm not really. I'm in a suburb, and Mm. um, and we're surrounded by farms, and the, but there's big box stores you know, 15 minutes away, and these carry food from all over. And because we're on the west coast of the country, and it's a very, very diverse population, you can't think of any kind of food that we don't have. You know, like we have a huge South Asian population, mm. probably the biggest one outside of India. Um, and you can get all sorts of things that you, that don't grow here um, because there are lots of people who eat, you know, culturally um, familiar foods. And so there's loads of stuff to try that we don't actually have uh, locally. Um, There's a sushi place on every corner. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, it is a very, very multicultural place. And so we have almost every kind of cuisine and every kind of food you can think of. So,
1: but much of it comes in by transport. So what could be our call to action for today's conversation?
0: I would think even just pay attention to what, where, what you're eating comes from. Mm. You know, like where did this apple come from? Where did this, where was this lettuce grown? Where, you know, where, where was this, where did this originate? Who pulled it out of the ground or cut it off the tree or whatever? And, and where did it come from? And, and another thing I try to think of is how well were they treated and paid?
1: Yeah, well, that's a,
0: that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I'm getting hungry. So thank you for this conversation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thanks for the chat, leaky. <laughs> You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day, with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode.